BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I want to introduce you to something that everybody needs in their life, which is Adderall and compliments, which is also the name of my podcast. I'm Annabelle, and every week I want you to come kiki with me and my hilarious friends as we talk about everything from reality TV to dating fails, mental health. I promise it will make you laugh, and most importantly, it will make you feel so much better about your own life. So come join me and my baby stripper voice every Friday on iTunes, Spotify, and follow me on Instagram at Annabelle's Sisto and give me the greatest gift of all, which is validation. everyone. Welcome back to the show and thanks for tuning in this week. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I'm a journalist, interviewer, and the creator of Friend of a Friend, a show where we sit down with some of my friends, your friends, and new friends to host inspiring but down-to-earth conversations with some of my favorite luminaries who are making good change. I'm so excited to welcome on Nikeo Grico to today's show. She has been a serial beauty entrepreneur since 2002. She's the founder and creator of Nikeo Beauty, an award-winning skincare brand that has paid homage to her beauty secrets learned as a child while visiting her grandmother and watching her use coffee beans to exfoliate her skin. She was way ahead of the game. In 2006, she sold the brand to Unilever, and it's now exclusively sold at Target with cold favorite SKUs like their cleansing oil balm and rescue oil. Today, she's using her two decades worth of expertise in the industry to launch a much needed business aimed at building a more inclusive beauty industry. Earlier this month, she co-launched 13 Loon, an e-commerce destination designed to inspire the discovery of beauty brands created by black and brown founders that resonates with all people of color. The website sells products made for all people by BIPOC-owned brands and emphasizes ally brands that have made a measurable effort to create an inclusive product lineup. Launched with 13 brands, an editorial platform, and a long list of allies, also known as their Vanguard, which I am incredibly honored and proud to be a part of. 13 Loon's mission is to reframe how black and brown beauty brands are perceived, not only from an industry perspective, but also as consumers, giving each brand a platform to sell, educate, and engage with a wider audience like never before. In this episode, Nikeo tells us about her experience building a really successful beauty business pre-social media and how everybody listening can take part in pushing their message of inclusivity forward. Here's my friend, Nikeo Grinko. so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you as well. I'm sure you are having the craziest week. So I thank you so much for taking the time and joining us today. Oh my gosh. No, thank you for having me. First off, for those of you who don't know, 13 Loon launched yesterday and Nikkei was joining us the day after the launch of her 
latest child. So thank you for joining us because I'm sure that it is oh my a God. crazy week for you. Oh my gosh, it is, but it's such a happy week and it's so amazing to see it all come to fruition. It's just, it's surreal. Like I kept saying that yesterday, you know, as everyone was posting and sharing and being so supportive, it really, big picture, it's kind of something I had never experienced really, you know, kind of stepping into in the most authentic way, what it means to be a black female founder, what it means to be part of a community that's long been creating products for everyone and maybe been somewhat, you know, definitely not seen in the way that they deserve, not celebrated or amplified in the way that they deserve. And so yesterday was just this really kind of full circle moment of everyone just showing up and and getting to see unity really exemplified you know, and even people that we didn't ask to necessarily, you know, support the movement or we hadn't sent the assets to that just grabbed them online and, and were sharing them and tagging us and, and, you know, hearing from all the founders that we launched on the site, you know, all of the traction that they were getting on their social pages. Um, it just, it felt like one big happy summer camp day. <laughs> yeah, that must have been so gratifying. Definitely, definitely. And so I thank you for your support and for having me today to, to talk about this journey. Of course. We're so excited to talk about it. I want our listeners to get to know a little bit about you. So we will definitely be talking about 13 Loons shortly. But first up, where did you grow up? So I was born in New York, in upstate New York, and I lived on the East Coast in New York and New Jersey until I was almost nine years old. And then I actually moved to Oklahoma my father started the African studies program at the University of Oklahoma. So I was raised um, through elementary school, high school, even went to college at the University of Oklahoma. And then when I graduated, I headed straight out to LA to start working in the entertainment industry. That's awesome. I feel like that's the idyllic situation. You're like, I want to be in entertainment. I'm just going straight to LA. (laughs) Yes. Yes. That's exactly what I did. I, I came here on spring break when I was a senior and I was like, oh, this is where I'm supposed to be. The palm trees, the beach, all the excitement. And, you know, LA is definitely just a place for dreamers, you know? And so I I definitely tapped into that energy and was like, that is exactly where I'm going to go. So if I'm being honest, and I probably shouldn't say this, interviewing beauty founders is probably one of my favorite things to do because I think everybody, no matter what gender you are, can remember a first moment that they had in their childhood home with beauty. Mine was putting way too much eyeliner on and my sister's having to come in and be like, okay, like let's tone this down like 20 notches and, and start fresh. What were your uh-huh. first interactions with beauty? Oh gosh. So, you know, my whole beauty journey started because of my first interactions. I'm a first generation American of Kenyan descent. And so when I was eight years old, my parents took me to Kenya for the very first time. And that was the first time that I was meeting my grandparents. My grandmother, Nikeo, was a Kenyan coffee farmer. And so she grew coffee beans, she grew sugar cane and and all sorts of things on her farm. And so she taught me my very first beauty secret, which was taking those coffee beans and crushing them down and using sugar cane to exfoliate her skin. Wow. And so that stuck with me. And then my grandfather was a medicine man. So he had the power to go out in nature and extract oils to treat the skin and to treat many ailments. And so I was very inspired by, you know, those teachings and he died before I got the chance to meet him. But my mom would always put like oil on my hair and oil on my skin. And 
I remember being a little girl and growing up in Oklahoma, but you know, with these Kenyan beauty rituals and my friends would spend the night and they'd be like, why does your mom put so much oil all over you? And I'm like, oh, it keeps you young. It keeps your hair glowing and it keeps your skin young. You know, that's kind of all I ever knew. It was part of my DNA and, and, and what really inspired me to become a beauty founder. Little did you know, you were way ahead of the one coffee scrub and oil craze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I launched the KO 18 years ago and, and even the clean beauty craze. I mean, when I launched, you know, I'm now 47. I launched when I was 27, 28. And at that time, nobody was really even speaking about clean beauty. We were, we were starting to talk a little bit about natural ingredients. And I remember being just so confused by that because all I ever knew was natural ingredients and that things that come from the earth is what you use to treat your skin and treat your hair. And so, you know, I'm really happy that almost two decades later with the clean beauty brand now at Target, that people really are embracing clean and especially people in the black and brown communities are really starting to be spoken to in a bigger way by brands about clean beauty and the importance of non-toxic beauty. Yeah, it's amazing. So you are quite obviously a serial entrepreneur who's way ahead of the game in so many ways, but I'd love to hear a little bit about the founding and growth of Nikeo, especially from the clean beauty perspective, because I'm sure that two decades ago, people yeah. were like, what does clean beauty mean? Does it mean it's just like washed? Right. Like, what does that mean? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> two decades ago, people were like, why would you want to put coffee on your skin? Right. Um, so yeah. So, you know, I, mentioned that I moved out here after I graduated from college, you know, I was young, you know, I'd say it's like the best time of your life because you only really get to be selfish about yourself and your own dreams. And, oh, I and couldn't so, agree more. Those like first years after college, you're like, okay, yeah, I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Right, right. I almost wish that I had more of that perspective back then that I do. I think back then I was trying so hard to like grow up and figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Taking that right, right. So, as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So go easy on yourself. Enjoy. So anyway, so I moved out here. As I said, I started working in entertainment. I started as an assistant at a big agency and then kind of worked my way through agencies and studios and ended up um, my last job in the business was working at a management company. And I loved it. I loved working specifically with actresses, but I really loved the fashion and beauty aspect of Hollywood way more than like the movie making part. I enjoyed that, but really my passion was fashion and beauty. So even though I was working at a management company that was about getting actresses jobs, I would always volunteer to, you know, be on set if they had photo shoots. I wanted to be on the phone calls listening when they were doing beauty deals. I wanted to deal with the makeup artists and the hairstylists and, and help book them on, on the actresses jobs. And more than anything, I just love playing with the product. And at that time though, you know, I'd had this, you know, rich history and, and this amazing privilege of being able to spend this time in Africa, you know, growing up as an African kid in America. So I really understood the sophistication. I had these beauty rituals and secrets that had passed down to me. And I felt that Africa itself as a continent was very underrepresented. I mean, this is the early 2000s. So very, very underrepresented in premium beauty at that time. And so it was also a really great time um, for those of you that are very young for what we call, you know, niche beauty and indie beauty. That's kind of when the whole indie beauty craze really started with brands like Stila and Hard Candy and DL and Co. And, and retailers like Fred Siegel in Los Angeles and Jeffrey, New York, were really where people were kind of gravitating towards to find their beauty. And so I decided at the ripe old age of 27 that, you know, this is what I wanted to do full time. And I wanted to celebrate the sophistication of Africa and speak about my grandparents and, and their wisdom. And so I left my job and started making coffee scrub. And I started out of my apartment. 
I was shipping and receiving. I was the founder. I was customer service. I was sales. I was PR. And mind you, this is before social media. So, you know, and it was also before influencers. So, you know, when I had actresses that I had worked, right, right. (laughs) When I had actresses that I had worked with in Hollywood and I said, Hey, I'm going to bottle my grandmother's, you know, coffee scrub and these African beauty secrets. And can I run them by your house? And can you try them and, and tell me if you like them or what I should tweak and what I should do and take back to the lab. And, and even all of that, that's a whole other longer story about finding a lab, you know, when you weren't coming from the beauty space and all of that and, you know, teaching yourself how to be an entrepreneur. And so I would do that. And, and so those, you know, kind of tastemakers and actresses became part of my journey. So by the time I did launch at Fred Siegel in LA and I did launch at Jeffrey in New York and I had started to kind of cultivate buzz and press about the brand, they authentically would say, oh my gosh, I love her our mother's coffee scrub and I love her body oil and, you know, I love that she uses these natural ingredients and I love that I'm learning more about Africa. And so, you know, that's how it got started. And then, you know, from there it had many kind of twists and turns and, and, and growth and, and pulling back and, and all of the things that it means to, to be an entrepreneur. And, and I really lived that entrepreneurial life, especially, you know, as a black female trying to raise and, and, and get bigger retail distribution and all of that. But, you know, I was always making products for everyone. I love to hear that because that's something that I feel like a lot of founders and business owners talk about on the show. It's like, even today where we have so many different and like way more advanced resources in terms of marketing, at the end of the day, the thing that works best for them is going door to door to their friends and their families and their extended communities mm-hmm. and getting the word out there. Right. And that word of mouth is the most powerful way to expand your business. Right. You've referenced a few times in the past couple of minutes, these family rituals and traditions that you have in beauty. Mm-hmm. And I know that we all love to have like our sacred secret family traditions, but if there is one, especially right. in the beauty space that you could share, I'd love to hear it. Yeah. You know, so it's great now with Nikao because I did start with just, you know, my family beauty secrets and family rituals because I had a very small business and very little capital. So I, I can only make a few products when I first started out. And what has been a beautiful thing is that over the years, as I've been able to expand and, and take on great strategic partners, and as you mentioned, now the brand was with Unilever, it really opens up the possibility to actually incorporating other people's beauty secrets. And so you know, I incorporate now beauty secrets of my girlfriends and, and beauty secrets I've learned in my travels and have made it this real destination experience to really, you know, kind of highlight these beauty rituals from women around the world that I also feel have been maybe underrepresented as well. So I have so many that I love, but um, I would say, you know, one of my favorite beauty secrets of my own is, you know, the use of oils and and using oil to treat the skin. And, and people have become more hip to putting oil on their skin as of late, but there are still those people that are like, oh, I don't use face oil because my skin's oily. And, and so I love the analogy of, you know, we're born with a certain amount of oils in our skin. And as we age, we lose those oils. And so by just adding a little oil back into our skin, we help to balance our skin out. We help to give it that kind of even complexion and, and help our skin to not have to work so hard to produce oils. So often people who have very oily skin are prone to irritation, are prone to breakouts. And by just adding oil into your skin that's working so hard, you can help to alleviate it. So, you know, our number one seller in the Nikeo brand is actually a, a face oil and and it's our maracuja rescue oil. And and my favorite feedback I get from people is like, I've been so broken out. I've had horrible mask knee. That's when I get a lot now. I get yeah. a lot of DMs about mask knee and how this oil has like helped save their skin with mask knee. And so 
That's one beauty secret that I just preach by. And then another one that has nothing to do with Africa or my own family is that I use a lot of quinoa in my ingredients, in my products. Oh. And I, I have an eye cream. It's actually currently sold out that sells at Goop. That's a quinoa eye cream. But I loved the beauty ritual. Of, I've never been to Peru. I've always wanted to go. So I started you know, researching Peruvian beauty secrets. And in Peru, quinoa is known as the mother grain because it's often farmed by mothers and grandmothers, which I loved. I loved like the female like empowerment yeah. of quinoa. But you know, as we know, often like when you do a cleanse, quite often the only grain you can have is quinoa. And it's because quinoa acts as an anti-inflammatory agent. So right. you think of, you know, putting those benefits into your skin. So that's why I chose to use it in an eye cream and then kale line, because when you add, you know, quinoa and niacinamide and all of these things that help to reduce inflammation, that's where you get the effect of like decreasing puffiness. I am someone with painfully oily skin. I always make the joke that my heritage is Moroccan and like they call it Moroccan oil for a very specific reason. Like, <laughs> even though that has nothing to do with oily skin, but I just love to make the joke. I but you know, it. I have always stayed away from oils and I've been breaking out a ton. So I feel like I definitely need to incorporate that back into my skincare routine. Do you feel like, absolutely? I feel like there's also that misconception of like, oh, if you use oil, you don't need to use a moisturizer. But I think I, I remember reading this like amazing analogy once that like, Oil is the entryway for a moisturizer to work. Absolutely. And and the moisturizer seals the hydration. So you're getting the hydration from the oil, but then when you use a moisturizer after you seal it, and and I promise, like, especially now when we're wearing so many masks and we're going through these weather changes, even here in LA, where you know we have it's these really so warm dry right now. Really it's so dry like, skin and skin is um, just damaged. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So yes, try some rescue oil. It's really good. And it's naturally colored green. So if you deal with redness in your skin, which a lot of us do, it helps to neutralize redness when you add green to red. So um, but yeah, I'll send you some. It's Amazing. I'm sold. And I hope a lot of you are too. Thank you so much for the advice. <laughs> you and I mentioned the sale of the brand Unilever, which is major. For those of you who might not know what Unilever is, it's the home to brands like Dove, Axe, and my all-time favorite, Ben and Jerry's. That's why I always remember yes. who they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. I'd yes. love to hear a little bit about what that positioning is for you now because you sold it in 2015. And obviously, it's been a few years after selling yeah. the business. What has your role been like? And especially now where you fully had the time to start something new as well. Yeah. So I'm still very much involved in the day-to-day of Nikeo. And and I was, I was acquired by Sundial Brands in 2015. And Sundial Brands are the makers of Shea Moisture, is what they're uh, known for in Nubity and Heritage. So I became one of the brands in the Sundial portfolio in 2016. Um, and then in 2017, we went to market and went to, into development with Nikeo in March of 2017 under their umbrella. And then in November, the entire portfolio was purchased by Unilever. And so you know, and all transitions, you kind of sit and wait and figure out, you know, what your role is going to be. And, you know, it's just been an incredible experience for me. You know, I am still the founder of Nikeo Beauty and, and, and have the input and, you know, the opportunity to really just keep the brand authentic and authentic to my, to my story and to my family's story and to the stories that I've, you know, cultivated and, and continue to cultivate, um, celebrating women. And, you know, I started this brand as a premium brand in the early 2000s, in my 20s. I grew it and, and was on shopping television, home shopping network in my 30s. 
And now finally in my forties, I am at my dream retailer. I always, you know, although Nikeo was, you know, a premium brand, I wanted it to be affordable premium. And I, from day one, I mean, ask any of my friends and family, I've always been like, I just see it at Target. I just see it at Target. And so, you know, it is so amazing. And, and um, I'm just so excited. I don't know how to say it other than like, there's no words to describe like my complete joy and the fact that, that this dream is, has finally come true. And Unilever has been instrumental in um, helping me navigate this target relationship and, and getting us in target. And, you know, mind you, I launched on target.com right before COVID. And so I was like, Oh no, my dream happened. And now what's going to happen. And it's been, you know, just this really impactful moment, I think for all of us, 2020, but to have had a brand at Target, launch at Target literally weeks before the shutdown at Target.com and, and be in this fear of like, what's going to happen? Is, is it going to be able to keep moving forward and feel completely supported, um, not only by the people that I work with internally, but by Target as well as, as a retailer and home. And then to have then gone into 2020 and into the summer of 2020 and the next pinnacle moment of Black Lives Matter and, and what that did to sort of elevate Black founders, which was conflicting, but also amazing at the same time that people were really starting to to pay attention. And, and being at Target was great because when people were going online to shop for their toilet paper and their paper towels and, you know, beauty brings joy and beauty is like unifying and it's a relief from the stress. And so, you know, the brand was actually really able to, to perform well. And so I'm really grateful for that. That's amazing. I'd love to dive into that a little bit. You wrote a story in June um, for Refinery29 right after the murder of George Floyd and in a pretty dark time for COVID. Your husband had just had COVID and I'm so glad that he's okay mm-hmm. and that your whole family's okay. Thank you. But I'd love to read a little excerpt from it because I think it is, it was really powerful to read that and then also watch the launch yesterday simultaneously and, mm. and really see how the two were correlated. The excerpt read, by supporting businesses owned by Black people, you're empowering our success. You're helping us to impart impactful change. By investing in Black and brown people with your dollars, you're helping to eliminate generational poverty. It's not just about buying products once and checking that off the list. That investment, that support goes far beyond shopping. Share the brand stories, write reviews, post on your social media, do anything you can to let your circle know you're committed to building wealth in our communities. I loved that. Wow. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. Thank you for writing that. I think (laughs) I'm sure it was I'm sure it was challenging because I I also really appreciated what you just said about how that moment was both conflicting and very celebratory. How was that (laughs) moment for you? But also, how did it give way to what you were about to create with 13 Loon? Yeah. So, you know, it was just this kind of, I think, for us as a society, this level setting moment, right, where we were all, you know, faced with really having to look at the divisiveness and the heartbreak that was happening as a society and figure out how we were all going to pull through this and, and do this in a way that would indeed impact meaningful change. And so, you know, I think for me, that was, you know, probably the exact moment where I really had that aha, oh my gosh, like, what is my real purpose? Like, I love beauty as long as the day is long. And I, love what I do and even though it's challenging and it's, and it's, you know, had it, you know, I've had my fair share of tears and wins. It's bigger than this. It's bigger than skin. It's bigger than hair. It's bigger than the beauty aisle. And, and what does it all mean? And so, 
you know, the beauty and fashion industry specifically, I do believe have the most ability to impact change. You know, beauty and fashion are, are happy things. Beauty and fashion are universal in people's love for both. And so for beauty specifically, you know, when I was looking at all of these lists that I said, you know, it was conflicting because it was like we were getting all of this attention, but it was coming from such a heartbreaking source. You know, I was going through these lists and I was trying to do my part and shop black and shop black founded and and really be a part of that movement. And two things occurred. One, I couldn't believe that as a black beauty founder of almost two decades, that there were so many brands I had never heard of before. And two, how long it would take to just go through one article to try to shop these brands and have to go to like 20 or 30 different sites in order to support them. And so, you know, that's where I think that the 13 Loon aha moment, and I've been talking about doing this, you know, sort of inclusive beauty platform with my partner, Patrick, for a year and a half, which is also kind of strange that we had been in conversation about, you know, doing this. But, you know, when this all happened and when we were all in this moment, that's when I knew we had to like press go because A, these brands needed a home where they could all live together and we could build that community. And that for, you know, our market size is everyone. We want everybody to shop 13 Moon. And a lot of people were shopping these lists and shopping these brands. Like we wanted people to be able to have a place that they could go and we could elevate and amplify and empower these brand founders and their stories and their incredible products. And two, my whole life as a black woman, you know, I've been purchasing products not made by black or brown people, made by white people with the expectation and the assumption and the knowing that, yes, of course it's for me. That's what their commercial says. That's what their marketing says. And that we as black founders who create beauty products have been doing the exact same thing. You know, I talk about my grandparents' rituals and yes, my grandparents look like me. They're inspired by people that look like me. I am my own test market. Like it has to work on my skin. For my friends that have hair care lines, it has to work on their hair. But that doesn't mean that it's not going to work on my friend that has blonde hair and blue eyes and has extremely dry skin like I do. Or my friend who has bone straight hair, but it's so thick that she needs the most emollient conditioners. So I just felt that we needed that place to exist. But through the success and the bigger picture, and this is what I mean about bigger than skin and body and hair, is that through our success, and I mean black and brown people's success, we level the playing field. We help to bring wealth back into so many communities. We help people who look like us, the next generation, to know that they can succeed in these industries. And there's a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of money and beauty and fashion and funding to be had. And that by doing that, we do level the playing field to help to move the needle with alleviating systemic racism. And that's how this all started in the first place. So if we abolish systemic racism, then we all get to win. And that who doesn't want to live in a world like that? I'd love if you could tell our listeners who have not had the chance yet to check out 13 Loon, what it is and what the mission is. Yeah. So 13 Loon, and it's 13 spelled out, Loon, L-U-N-E, which is Loon in French, is a contextual commerce or retail commerce platform where we celebrate, amplify, and sell the products made by Black and Brown founders, um, people of color for a complete polycultural audience. The platform also has a key editorial portion to the piece where we tell these founder stories. We tell 
you know, stories about beauty rituals. We share beauty secrets and we, you know, we really tap into sharing culture with one another. And, you know, my hope and my co-founder's hope is that, you know, we, we both live and breathe inclusivity. It's what we think that we are both here to do is to, is to help make this place in this world a more inclusive existence. And so, you know, it's, we welcome everybody to the 13 Moon family to um, discover these brands and they're, you know, highly curated brands by an incredible team of vanguards of, you know, our internal staff at 13 Moon. And so, you know, it's just a, it's a beautiful experience. And so I'm really excited. It's live now. Where did the name come from? So I love the number 13. I know in Western culture, it's often seen as like bad luck or Friday the 13th. And, right. and I never really got that because in, in many other cultures, even in a lot of African cultures, like 13 is like a very sacred number. In Mayan culture, 13 is known as like the number of the goddess. Wow. So really other, Where other did we go here, wrong? I know, I know. I, I would love to actually like get into, because I'm all about like, let's find the positivity of 13 and let's right. reclaim the power of 13. Right. But I actually am curious, like, why is it like it has such a negative connotation here? So anyway, I love the number 13. And then I also love astrology and studying astrology. And, and there are 13 moons in an astrological calendar, which I think is super magical because there's 12 months, but 13 moons. And so, yeah, I just wanted to, to honor the magic of 13. I'm sure you and Chrissy Rutherford, who I know is also a part of your team, yes. have so much fun with astrology. Both of you are yes, like yes. probably astrology buffs. Yes, yes. We often find ourselves on conference calls and somebody will say something. I'll be like, when's your birthday? She posted the funniest thing the other day. Like some, It was like someone texting their mom being like, hey, mom, what time was I born? And the mom responds oh, saying, yeah. no, stop talking to her. And Chrissy was like, guys, please stop sending me this meme. <laughs> I saw that it was so good. I sent it to my astrologer, who is, by the way, incredible. And she loved it as well. You spoke earlier a little bit about the editorial side of it. And I'd love to hear a little bit about mm -hmm. the conception of that idea and why it was so important for you to tell the stories of the retailers on the site. Yeah. So, you know, storytelling is obviously a huge part of my brand experience with Nikhail. It really starts from storytelling. And you know, I say this a lot when I mentor, you know, people who are, are thinking about starting a small business and I, you know, preach this all day long, which is people buy into people before they buy into brands, like especially you young Gen Z kids and, and millennials and even Gen Xers like myself. I think people are really moving away from, you know, people just like having, you know, a great marketing campaign and throwing a cute name on a package. Like people want to know what's behind it and what are oh, yeah. you doing to change the world, right? So, you know, while we go through this vetting process of the products and they have to be, you know, they're highly curated, non-toxic, incredible, efficacious products, another part of the vetting process is, you know, especially for Patrick and I and, and really our whole team is, you know, what's your story? Like, what's your reason for being? What made you want to do this? It's like the conversation you and I are having. Like, that is the best part of any company is, What's your passion? And, and, you know, so we, we knew it was crucial to be able to have the platform, you know, have that storytelling component, but especially because, you know, our founders are people of color who often get lost and their stories aren't told. And, you know, maybe they make it on a shelf, but they're, they don't have the marketing dollars necessarily sometimes to be able to compete with some of these bigger brands that have deeper pockets. And so, it's so important that you hear their stories and that their stories are, are broadcasted to a larger audience because 
that's the only way people are going to know and be inspired to pick up and touch and feel and start using and purchasing their products. You were mentioning earlier about the way in which you and Patrick, your co-founder, have gone about picking the brands that go on the site. I know you had said, Mm -hmm. obviously, it's a storytelling. Most of them are clean. Can you tell us a little bit about what that process has been like and what kind of brands we can expect to see on 13 Loon? Yeah. So, um, so yes, we speak to non-toxic beauty, but you know, a big part of it started with just team building and building out our 13 Loon team. And it was really important to me, you know, that we walk the walk and building out our team as well, and that we really have an inclusive and diverse team. And so you can even see on the 13 Loon website, we have a yearbook photo, which is like all of us together. and, And that's, yeah, it's really fun. And it was really inspired by the fact that, you know, I failed to mention that 13 Moon really came together over the course of the last, you know, five months. And so the entire company started over Zoom. So most of the people on our team, I've never actually even been in the same room with, but wow. I have fallen in love with them like family of my own. And so, so that was, that was really important. And then, you know, we really, as a collective, as a team, one of the fun things is, you know, this summer, as I mentioned, when I was going through all these lists, and I was like, how is it that I'm in the industry of 20 years and I've never heard of these brands? You know, a lot of it was just kind of like cold reaching out to these brands and asking for samples. And then once, you know, we were able to discuss the site and it was going live, you know, inviting them to come join our mission. And, you know, I was worried, you know, we're, we're a new site. You can't even see it yet. Are they going to say yes? And, you know, it made me cry. Like one of the first yeses, you know, that we got from brands was, you know, getting the feedback of like, oh my gosh, this is going to exist. Like, how has this never existed before? Oh my gosh, I finally feel seen. And, and it was just, yeah, it was just this really powerful moment. And then it's all the fun beauty stuff, which is, you know, we get the samples, you know, I'm using them on myself. I'm using them on my daughter. You know, we're all falling in love with various things that we get. And, you know, a lot of the curation on the site is we don't carry the entire line from most of these lines. We carry what we discovered as heroes or what they recommended as hero products because as a beauty founder, I know that she or he is not using the same product across the same product line across every piece of their regimen and that people fall in love with specific SKUs. And so um, we wanted to have an assortment that people could mix and, and, and blend and we wouldn't be cannibalizing one from the other. And so, so it's kind of this really fun beauty puzzle piece that you put together, but what I really love the most is this, you know, family of founders that we put together as our original 13. And then in moving forward, we're going to, we have a lot of them coming out in the pipeline. We have our next brands launching in the next like 10 days oh, wow. and we'll just continue to grow from there and continue to highlight their stories. If you go to the site, like right now we've got a, a story up about the guys that developed the beautiful Afro picks from the Afro pick company. And then we've got a Charlotte Bamba story up now. So we're going to continue to do stories about each of the founders. And then in 2021, we're going to start to introduce a few ally brands and the ally brands are brands by non-black or brown founders. And, and that really came from also this summer, having a lot of my colleagues in the beauty space who came to me who are, are white or, or not black or brown and, and said to me, listen, I've been creating products for a really long time for people of color but I don't think I've been speaking to them in the way that they deserve to be spoken to and really highlighting them. And I don't want to now in the midst of everything going on, start just putting black models in my campaign or putting black people in my Instagram squares. Like that's not authentic and that's performative. And, and a customer knows when, when, you know, like I know as a black woman watching other brands have done it, I'm like, really, this is how we're going to embrace the moment. I mean, yes, I appreciate the fact that you're trying, but 
there's ways to do this that 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 really truly speak to someone and we're okay with I've made a mistake. I'm sorry. I want to do better, right? I'm. I welcome the uncomfortable conversations, and so it was really fun to go through products with some of my friends and their brands and say, "Yeah, you know what? I think this does work on melanin-rich skin or textured hair or somebody that suffers from eczema and on and on and on." And I would love for Thirteen Moon to be a place when I talk about unifying through our customer base, and this is a place for everyone to shop. This also, we also need to speak to inclusivity in our assortment in, in truth. And so while we will always focus on our people of color brands, our black and brown brands as highlighted featured brands, we also welcome our allied brands and their products that work on melanin rich skin and textured hair to come to the party as well. So we'll be launching some of those brands in 2021 as well. It is so exciting to hear a business coming together like this, because I do think truly as a white woman in the past six months, this really is the first time where I've really seen um, a business being built that is welcoming everyone to the table in such an inclusive way. You guys launched the site with the Vanguard, which is a huge list of allies to help support your mission. I'm on that list and I'm such a proud supporter of what you guys are working on. We're so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm truly honored. It's an amazing list. Everybody from Sir John, who is like the most iconic makeup artist right now of all time, Selma yeah, Blair, Carla Welch, Naomi Watts, so many incredible names are on that list. But I'd love to just hear a little bit about how that took shape, especially it was just so interesting to hear you talking earlier about how your first business, like influencers weren't even a part of the game. And not to say right. that the Vanguard is a list of influencers, but being able to kind of utilize a community like that for allyship is one of your key pillars. And I'd just love to hear a little bit about how that came together because it truly is unique to your business and I haven't seen it take form in any other businesses yet. Thank you so much. Yeah, so the Vanguard list was so much fun to put together because really at the end of the day, and you said it perfectly, that 13 Luna is about building community. Like we want to unify, we want to take care of each other, we want to celebrate each other, we want to amplify each other and we want to help to alleviate systemic racism. And the only way we're going to do that is by coming together and working together. And beauty is a really fun way to do it. And so when it came to the Vanguard, you know, we we knew out of the gate, and I knew this from Nikeo, that, you know, you can build a successful business without necessarily having to go immediately to paid marketing and paid influencers. And that by building authentic and organic community, that is where people really understand and believe you, right? And so it was just such a beautiful ask. I mean, I don't know that we had anybody that said no. We said that we want to exemplify within our vanguard exactly what we want 13 Moon to look like. Everybody coming together as allies to support these founders and support their mission and support their success. Like I was worried it would be such a hard ask and everybody's like, oh, well, of course I want to be on board with this. And, and a lot of that came from looking at their platforms, like the people that we didn't know that we asked to be part of the vanguard and wanted to be part of our community is looking at like, what, what are they posting that we can see that they're really, truly passionate about this mission. You know, what if, you know, reading articles about people and wow, look at what they're doing and, and look at how they marched or look at what they're promoting or here's what they were saying about voting. And I love what they stand for about this. And this feels very like-minded and aligned. And so, so that's how it happened. And, and then the, you know, it started out like, okay, we'll get like 10 people. And then it was like 20 people. And 30. We have so many. And then what was so amazing yesterday, and that's what I was saying at the beginning of our conversation, is that you know people who we hadn't even reached out to as vanguards kind of became vanguards yesterday, and 
And I loved that too. And, and getting to see, and I'm sure there's probably so many other people that posted that I just don't follow that, you know, I missed it and, and haven't gotten the chance to thank them, but it even goes beyond launch day and it goes beyond, you know, getting the message out. Like I kept, woke up this morning and I was like, okay, now the real work begins. And, and, and how are we going to get people to the site to shop these incredible products? And I can't wait for people to get their first box of products and start leaving reviews and, and telling us about their experience and, and their customer journey. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's like Christmas came early in my house. I knew that yesterday was a big day for you when I saw your story last night and it was like tiny little ant dots all the way across. I was like, oh, she got a ton of support that she's reposting. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) I was like in bed with like one eye open, but I didn't want to lose the story. So I was like, oh wait, I have to, I have to make a highlight so that I can actually like go back and read them. But yeah, so I was, I was up at night, like trying to save all the highlights so I could look and then I woke up this morning and, and actually got a chance to absorb it and read what people wrote. And, and just my heart was full. I love to hear that. So guys, if you want to check it out, go to 13loon.com. It's going to be linked in the description of this episode. So you guys can swipe out of this and easily access it. As we begin to wrap up, I'd love to hear a little bit about other Black businesses that you want us to support and you want to draw attention to. You know, I think this year it's been a floating around stat that we know that less than 2% of Black-owned businesses receive funding. And so many of us listening right now, we are shoppers. We are people that love a startup, love business owners, and love falling in love with new businesses. And I'd love to hear a little bit about some brands that you want to call attention to, even if it's a brand on 13 Loon that you're excited about and want us to support and find out about and explore and discover. Oh my gosh. Well, of course, all the first 13, we call them the original 13. And, and some of those, you know, we, I'm really excited that um, one of my favorite brands that I've just loved for a long time called Butta by Dorian Renault. He's a model. He makes this incredible vitamin C serum. So I use that in conjunction with my Nikeo oil and it's just so hydrating and delicious. I love Gilded Beauty. It's one of the most gorgeous lines, like just aesthetically gorgeous, but the most incredible products that we also sell on 13 Loon, Charlotte Mensa, incredible product for hair, Bomba Curls that I mentioned earlier. I mean, all of them, Afropic, which by the way, you know, when we, Janelle, our, our buyer found Afropic and, you know, three brothers, they've got such an incredible story, the Walker brothers, and they have these, it's an Afropic, you know, and it's so funny because it's like, you know, growing up, I grew up quite a long time ago. And, you know, Afropix, like back in the day, were like, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, like that kind of, you know, popping into the actual Afro. And then, you know, once I had kids and my kids are, are multiracial, they're Irish, Italian, Kenyan, you know, so they have different textures of hair. And I was like, oh my gosh, like as I was trying to work with my daughter's curls and my son's curls are, are a little bit looser and finer. And, and I was like, oh my gosh. And so I got one of the Afropix. I was like, it's the greatest thing ever. I use it in my hair. My husband uses his hair. So those are stunning and gorgeous and a perfect stocking stuffer all of them i mean i it's like you know picking your favorite child like all 13 brands i want from our original 13 for everybody to check out some amazing scope beauty skincare is incredible and um, they're all great so so check them out we are so excited thank you for coming on today and sharing the story i'm so excited for your launch congratulations again and um thank this will be you. out two weeks post launch so i hope that you see more and more support Yay! moving forward yes Oh my gosh. Yay. We'll even have some new brands on the site by then. So very exciting. Yeah. So make sure you guys check it out. 
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.